I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 79. Guess what? No intro. Exactly. I mean, we need a spooky motherfucker to do a spooky intro. You know who you are. <laughs> We're judging you from afar. <laughs> hey, you actually rhyme. <laughs> I'm really not good at rhyming, but I am so proud of myself for Yeah. That. Well, since we don't have an intro, let's just get on with the show. Okay. But see, I rhymed and you didn't even know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know, though. Go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're actually going to crack up how this one starts. My sweet and sinister ladies, I decided to finally send over my intro. <laughs> so apparently we've already used it. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I thought I'd add a memoir with it about the Montague Lake House where I'd first seen a full body apparition. I remember that it was late March It was just starting to feel like spring, and we were getting some warmer nights and dew-covered mornings. A much-needed change from the frost that hardened the ground at our new northern New Jersey lake house. After a month of court proceedings, my mother and two siblings finally moved the last few things out of our old house and into the new. It was my first time being at the house, and I believe I was on spring break since it was 2010 and I was graduating high school that year. At this point in my life, at 17, I'd been suffering from sleep paralysis for 10 years and studying the occultism for almost my entire life. The occult first sparked interest in me when I was three years old, when I'd first seen Beetlejuice, which is when I was already reading at a fourth grade level. My dad had found the entirety of the Hooked on Phonics set at a yard sale and bought it for me. But the real culprit for learning to read came from Late night ESL programming on PBS. I absorbed knowledge incredibly fast. Coming from a very long line of severe learning disabilities, I seemed to be the one with the highest IQ. A relevant test then, but completely out of touch now. Consider my childhood slightly similar to Matilda's. I escaped a depressing home life by spending my after-school hours at the library. I used to steal books about the occult because I didn't want my friends, the librarians, to judge me. Now, in my wise old age of 27, I know they were likely occultists as well. It's safe to say that I have enough life experiences to fill many books with things that would make you want to cry and things that would make you want to hide. I'll tell them all to you over time. I witnessed a murder, found a dead body on an abandoned railroad tracks, watched a man and his car get cut out of a frozen lake a month after his disappearance, spoken to spirits, and have even moonlighted as a roadside fortune teller. I've even ritualistically cleaned crime scenes. I love this podcast because paranormal true crime is quite literally my life. Talk about a tangent. Let me get back to my story before Carrie falls asleep. (laughs) Damn, you know her so well. I mean, if I wasn't reading, no, I'm just kidding. This is great. Yeah, no, I'm hooked. I'm hooked on phonics over here. <laughs> like, I want to know all those stories. I know. The house on the lake was a two-story condo with an unfinished basement. It had an absolutely gorgeous view over the lake with a sliding glass door leading to a screened-in porch attached to each room. My bedroom had a porch, obviously, and my cousin was helping me move my mattress upstairs into my bedroom. My cousin was staying with us during spring break. My mother hadn't told us about the porches, so my cousin and I, she being my best friend in mischief, had the idea to put the mattress on the porch. 
After putting the mattress out there already, I figured I'd ask my mom for approval, just in case. I swung open the door to her bedroom, which earlier was bare except for a few boxes. And while that didn't change, one thing was in the room that wasn't there before. A tall man in a suit wearing a fedora stood before the window, looking out of the house. It was a massive picture window, and since the curtains weren't on yet, the room was bright from the morning sun. The man wasn't transparent. He was just there. The light of the window formed a halo around his shape. And then, as if time slowed down, I backed up and screamed for my mom. Then suddenly, the man was in front of me in the hallway, with his back still facing me. Then he was gone. But I'd heard his footsteps going down the stairs. I ran after him because it felt so dreamlike. He wasn't on the stairs. I ran down them, still screaming for my mom. She didn't walk in, but her boyfriend did. Who was that man? I asked him. What man? asked Marty, my mom's boyfriend at the time. The man with the suit that was just in my mom's room. Is he our landlord? I questioned, trying to put the pieces together. No one in a suit here. Your mom took the truck back to the house to get the last few boxes, he responded. I never did ask my mother to sleep on the porch, but trust me, my cousin and I did it anyway. I've only ever experienced activity in that house one other time, and it was during a seance I held for my friends on December 31st, 2017. While I was channeling, one of the attendees broke the only rule I had for the evening. Don't let go of your neighboring person's hand. When this happened, the belongings of said person flew off a nearby table and slammed into the wall. We all saw it, and it broke my channel. Nobody slept that night, and nobody ever spoke of it again. Thank you for reading my ramblings, and maybe next time I'll tell you what happened on my first and only for-profit fortune-telling. As always, creep it real and don't get scared. Anthony N. Y'all can always use my name, but I'm a Sophia for future reference. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I want to know all of your stories. Yes. And that's so creepy about that man. It's one thing when you walk in a room and like, it's like, okay, that's a ghost. <laughs> right. But like, no, you think that that's an intruder and then you're like, no, it's not an intruder. So, oh my God, it's a, it's a freaking spirit. You know, right. you go through the gamut of emotions. You go mm -hmm. from intruder to ghost. Mm -hmm. All right. The next one is titled UFO. I don't know. That's a rub. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, ladies. I love your podcast, and I'm so glad my girlfriend introduced me to it. Of course I get this one. <laughs> Even, like, the email gods know I'm thirsty as fuck. <laughs> he probably didn't even type that. It was just, like, mm -mm, put in there that he has a girlfriend. I added it to the file when you weren't looking. Probably. <laughs> He's safe now. <laughs> or is he? You guys make my long drives to work more bearable, and I love hearing the stories. My experience is not very believable. Hell, I wouldn't even believe it if I were anyone else. But it happened, and it still creeps me out to this day. Picture it. Ah, oh, fuck. Rural Indiana. <laughs> did they say, ah, oh, fuck, or did you? No, that was okay, me. Okay. <laughs> that was me. Did you also put that in? I did. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was very dark outside and very late. There was no moon or even stars in the sky, so the darkness felt even more prevalent. I was driving home from a buddy's house, and other than it being unusually dark, it felt like any other night. 
since I lived in literally BFE, it was always quiet and eerie driving after sunset. I was almost home, maybe half a mile or so down the road, and all of a sudden, the sky lit up, almost to daylight. I had to stop my car because I could barely see from the flash. Once my eyes adjusted, I saw a bright orb ascending down from the sky. It was giving off its own light and created shadows from the trees and the houses. It slowly went behind the trees near my house and everything went back to darkness. I was stunned and really did not know what to think. I tried to convince myself that it was a meteor or something and went on my way home. Of course, everyone was asleep by the time I arrived, so I couldn't talk to anyone about what I'd just witnessed. The night only got stranger when I started hearing voices outside. They sounded deep, and I couldn't understand what they were saying. In a horror movie, why the fuck are they that dumb moment, I grabbed a flashlight and looked around outside. To my relief, though, I did not see anything and did not hear the voices after that. I still cannot fully explain what happened, but I hope you found it interesting. Oddly enough, this was not my first UFO sighting, so if you want to hear that one, I can send it in too. Maybe the aliens are after me, but if I get abducted, y'all will be the first to know. Stay safe and creep it real, Andrew. Uh, Andrew, send it in. Hell yeah. But, uh, why in the fuck did you go look outside? I mean, at least he knew. He said it was like the what the fuck moment. Yes. But I would too. I, you know, like that's the whole thing. You see it on the movies and you're like, you so dumb. But then in real life, it's like, what was that loud crash? Let me go look. And, you know, you're in your like panties and bra. Uh, what? Why would you do that? You know, but mm-hmm. it's like in the moment, you're just like, hmm. You are never in your panties and bra unless you are getting dressed to go somewhere. Okay, God, don't have to call me out. <laughs> like, that's your go-to for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the only thing that would be like, hmm. Says the girl who sleeps in just underwear. Like, that would be the hmm. Well, I'm saying if it was someone else, like. It's normal? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if someone else was there, they'd be like, this is weird. Or if I'm, like, around outside Mr. Gene, my neighbor, he'd be like, What the hell? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I'm just kidding. This one's titled, Hello, My Soul Sisters. And they start, Hello, my two favorite podcasters. Well, let me tell you what happened to me. I've changed names so no one gets hurt. It's small town true crime, I guess. Here goes. I met him, my first love, my first you-know-what. We met my 12th grade year in high school. We're young, dumb, and full of cum. Oh my god, I was gonna say that, you motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) And high school love, till it was not. I broke up with Chad, that's what we'll call him. I mean, I was leaving high school and I was going into the adult world. I was over that love. So he came over, yelled at me, broke my windows in my house. Oh my god. I went to stay at a friend's house. And he saw my car and followed me down the road. He tried to run my car off the road and ram me into a ditch, then pulls ahead of me and stopped in the middle of the road and stood in the middle of the road. I luckily slammed on my brakes before slamming into him. I put the car in reverse and headed to the safest friend's house I could think of. I pulled in her driveway and told her family what happened. 
They called my father, and my father came and got me. After all of that, he thought she must be home alone for a little bit. Then I found out one of our friends was killed in an accident. His mother called my grandmother and told her all of the details and how they were all going to the funeral, and they wanted me to go. He came to my house and picked me up. I wasn't supposed to be with him. And come to find out, our friend was never dead. It was a lie to get me to come with him. I thought my grandfather was going to kill him. After all of that, I went to work on a different day. I switched shifts with one of my friends, so I was working a different shift than I normally do. Thank God I switched shifts. I would go home an hour earlier than I normally do to my grandmother's house because I didn't want to stay alone and my dad wasn't there. The next morning, I woke up to a call from a detective. So I went down to the police station and talked to the detective. What I found out was crazy. I found out that my ex-boyfriend and his friend were coked out of their minds and had planned to kidnap me after work. They had found duct tape, a knife, and a rope in their car. The boy that was with my ex, Chad, his dad was thanking the police department. He got nervous and confessed everything to his father. Come to find out, they were going to kidnap me and take me to a different state. And I would fall madly in love with him and marry him and have babies with him. They had a spot dug in the desert for my body. Prince Charming, well, he ended up going to juvie and I got a restraining order. That's the only thing they could do for me. To save me, even though they had all the proof and evidence, this man tried to kill me. Sorry my story was so long, but there's a little true crime in a small town. Thanks, ladies. You're big fan, small town girl. Um, Holy fucking shit. So glad that you're safe. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so ridiculous. I feel like attempted murder is, like, nothing when it comes to court. Like, yeah, they either, like, okay, somebody will either get, like, a life in prison or they're going to get, like, two years. Right. There's there's no in-between. And it's like, no, 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 no. They were going to kill someone. They just fucked up. Right. And didn't. Right. Got caught. Mm-hmm. Or the person just happened to live. Right. That's so scary. That reminds me of, God, this is, you're going to be like, what the fuck, Donna? But Julie from the real world New Orleans house mm-hmm. She was supposed to be on one of the flights of 9-11, mm-hmm. but she didn't. She overslept. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that whole thing happened, but she was sleeping, and no one could get in touch with her. So yeah. they're like, holy shit, but she overslept. And, like, so it's just one of those weird moments that changed her life. Like, she could have died right. on that flight, and you switched shifts, and you could have died if you didn't switch shifts, but you didn't know that. Yeah. Well, like Carrie said, we are so glad that you are safe. All right. Hey, guys, it's Haley from SoCal. Just want to say how much I love you both and this podcast you guys do. I love how informed and researched you are. You are also a riot and always have me laughing to myself when listening to you. Anyways, back to business. I'm 21 years old and just recently had a long conversation about a series of paranormal events that occurred at my best friend's house when we were in junior high school. After it died down and we got older, we stopped talking about it. But after obsessing over your guys' podcast, 
and reigniting my interest in the paranormal, I wanted to confirm if she believed it actually really happened and wasn't just some weird false memories from the simulation glitching or some shit. Turns out we all remembered and it all really happened. My mom has always been into watching ghost hunting shows and I've been watching them with her since grade school. One day, when at my friend's, let's call her Monica, and I decided that I was going to be that weird kid that convinced her friends to talk to ghosts. Mind you, as far as we knew, her house was not haunted. That is, until we started inviting spirits to hang out with us like a bunch of idiots. After hearing some knocking and freaking out, Monica screamed and fell off the bed we had our little spirit circle in. We stopped talking to whatever had come to visit us. After that, the house felt really heavy and uncomfortable. A lot of little things happened. Knocking, whispering, small things disappearing and reappearing. The dogs would stare at empty space and sometimes growl or whine. We would hear a splash in the pool, but there wouldn't be anything in it. My sister and I hated spending the night at Monica's house because when we would try to sleep, it would feel like the room was full of people watching you. The most insane events that happened were the following three. The first apparition we saw was, I think, a shadow person. We were goofing off in the downstairs bedroom looking at some of her grandma's knickknacks, even though that room felt the most heavy and scared us the most. From the corner of my eye, I saw something walk past the door. This was odd because just us preteens were home and the dogs were not six feet tall. I guess Monica's sister, I'll call her Kate, saw it too because we both looked up as it walked by again. We both saw a tall, almost opaque shadow. It was still transparent, but much more solid than the typical shadow. In the split second it took to walk past the doorway, we could make out a tall male with a top hat. Needless to say, we were freaked out. Can't remember what happened next, but I do know that we were even more scared of the house. The next shadow person we saw clearly. We would often see them from the corner of our eye. Well, that one was of what seemed to be a little girl with pigtails. We were watching a movie, and at the end, we got up to head upstairs. All four of us, Monica, Kate, my sister, and I, saw a shadow on the wall of the first landing of the stairs. It seemed to walk down the stairs and squat down on the landing. This one was more transparent than the other, like a shadow on the wall rather than a 3D figure like the man was. The two younger girls ran outside to cry to the parents that were drinking and eating Korean barbecue in the backyard. They never believed us. Monica and I stayed and watched it as it faded and disappeared. We never went upstairs by ourselves after that. This third story of what Monica saw and still believes she actually saw. Her family goes to the family farm in Oregon every summer. It's a big family reunion with all the cousins. The farm is situated right outside a forest, and they even own a few acres of the forest. The kids played in the field and went off-roading all over the property. She was out by the forest when she saw a kid that she didn't recognize. She went up to him to see why he was on their property, figured maybe it was a neighbor kid that had wandered onto the property. He was about 12. He had red hair and freckles and glasses. He was wearing a white shirt and jeans and muddy boots. When she got up to him and started to ask what he was doing there, he just turned away and walked back into the woods. She went back to the parents to tell them, and they looked around for him but never found him. 
Again, they just assumed it was a neighbor kid. Fast forward to late summer and Monica was having a Girl Scout pool party at her house. All was going well when one of the girls came up to her to ask who the boy was. Monica asked what she meant and the girl said she went into the shed to get some more pool noodles. She saw a red-headed boy with glasses and a white shirt in the back of the shed. She came to Monica to ask whose brother it was. Monica's blood ran cold. None of the girls in the troop had brothers. More chilling than that, she had not told anyone about the boy in Oregon except her parents because at the time it didn't seem odd or spooky. That is, until he apparently showed up in her shed in SoCal. We also never talked about the haunting with anyone outside of each other, so this girl would not have known that we were scared of the house, and even if she did, she was too sweet of a girl to prank Monica. Also, how did this kid follow her to Oregon and back to SoCal? Y'all let me know if you've ever heard of a spirit doing this. This really freaked us out. Especially because this apparition was just as solid and real looking as a person. She saw him one other time after the party when putting stuff back in the shed. He ran behind it and disappeared. The cinder block walls behind it were about six feet tall and would have probably been very difficult for a kid to climb over fast enough for her not to catch him. After that, small stuff would happen, but as time went on, it quieted down. By high school, we had almost forgotten about it. Oddly enough, her parents didn't experience very much. Whatever we invited in just picked on us four kids. In high school, we all started going to church regularly and grew our faith. At some point, it all just stopped. Maybe we weren't fun to pick on anymore. We weren't scared anymore, so how much fun could that be as a ghost to pick on people who didn't even pay attention to you anymore? However, the downstairs bedroom still feels weird compared to the rest of the house. I always thought that, but Monica, Kate, and my sister said they still feel it as well. We just haven't said anything about it because we all thought the others didn't think it all actually happened. I kind of thought it was all like a weird dream or something until we talked about it as adults. It was a nice walk down memory lane and reassuring for all of us to know after all of these years, the rest of us believed it all happened and it wasn't just in our heads. Thanks for reading, guys. You two are amazing, and I wish you the best. Stay safe out there. I guess it could have followed, like, there and back if it was attached to her or an object that she had. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, The only thing I ever did like that as a kid was the lightest feather stiff as a board. And Bloody Mary. And Candyman. Did all of those. And me and my brother did a Ouija board, but I know he was pushing it. You know what I mean? He's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. But... You know he was, because he would be freaked the fuck out Mm -hmm. if he wasn't pushing in. Right. Hey, y'all. The story I have is very spooky. So heads up, don't read it in the dark or alone. I just recently found y'all's podcast and cannot get over how grateful I am to have found it. Y'all are so funny and remind me of my cousin and I when we get together, which unfortunately is once in a blue moon. Yay for becoming an adult. Anyway, just wanted to say thank you so much for y'all's hilarious podcast because there ain't no way in hell I'm listening to the stories y'all read without a few jokes mixed in here and there. I also wanted to mention I've had a few really freaky experiences regarding the paranormal, but there's quite a few stories, which I recently figured out a lot of the experiences had to do with an item I bought from a flea market. I have a theory and will explain in my email because it's freaky AF. 
So I figured I'd email those to you so I don't write an entire novel on here. However, there is one story in particular I think y'all will enjoy. When I was a freshman in college, I went to the library late to study for a politics exam with some friends. Well, as it got later into the night, being the paranormal nerd that I am, I asked them if they had any personal ghost stories. Now, I ask a ton of people this, and although I have always been a paranormal junkie for as long as I can remember, pretty sure it stemmed from watching the show A Haunting on the Discovery Channel as a kid. Hell yes. Oh my God, love that show. I'm a big skeptic and don't buy off on just any ghost story I hear and usually try to think things through logically. I have heard and seen a zillion different ghost stories in my life from friends, coworkers, family, and obviously YouTube. But what my friend was about to tell me and show me was nothing like anything I'd ever heard or seen before. So I asked them for ghost stories and one said she didn't have any and the other looked at me like, you have no idea. That's when I knew I was in for a treat. He started off telling us about his house where he grew up and how one night he fell asleep on the couch in their playroom and woke up to a black figure standing in the doorway just looking at him. Well, he thought it was his mom and just went back to sleep. The next morning, he asked his mom what she was doing up so late and why she stood in the doorway, and she said, I never got up last night. Then his brother said, the other night, he fell asleep in the playroom and the same thing happened to him, but he thought he was dreaming, so he just brushed it off and went back to sleep. Now, at this point, I was like, okay, that's pretty weird, but it could have been sleep paralysis or a dream. I wasn't too spooked. Then he pulls out the big guns. His next story was about how his uncle, who lives down the street from him, has a super haunted house. He claims the neighborhood was built on an Indian burial ground, but who knows. And one day, his uncle was leaving to go out of town and got a family friend to watch his dogs. So the family friend comes over and is doing her thing, messing with the dogs and ish, and decides to take a video of her playing with the dogs to send back to my friend's uncle to reassure him that the dogs are alive and well. This is where Ish hits the fan. I literally am getting watery eyes just thinking about this story. So the girl slash family friends sends the video to the owner who texts back, in caps, who's with you? She texts back, no one. He immediately calls the girl and tells her to leave the house and call the cops. So she does just that. The cops ended up coming and found nothing. So she calls the uncle back and he tells her to rewatch the video she sent because in the background, someone walks in the hallway. So at this point in the story, I'm getting goosebumps and I'm like, bro, that's pretty freaky. Then he says, so casually, I might add, oh yeah, I have the video if you want to see. Hell yeah, I want to see. So I'm not going to lie, was expecting the video to be one of those sketchy YouTube videos of the red circle over a dust particle or a gnat claiming it was an orb or whatever and was thinking, oh yeah, okay buddy, let's see this video. I have seen them all, so I was not planning on being too surprised by whatever he was about to show us. He pulls out his phone and holds it out for us to see. And sure enough, in the background, walks across the hallway is a black figure that looks just like a person, but doesn't really move like a person. It moved really fast, and it looked more like a shadow than a solid figure. Well, as you can probably guess, my soul exited my body, and I basically shat a brick right there in the dang library. 
I have never seen anything like that video. I actually still have it on my phone. You best believe I made that fool send it to me. I will send it via email along with some other spooky stories. It also was spooky because he had never posted it on anything, which gave him no reason to edit it. And my friend and I did all sorts of editing and investigating to see if the video was altered and couldn't find Jack Squat. I hope y'all enjoyed this story and check out the video because I promise y'all will not regret it. Much love for my fellow Southern ladies. I grew up around slash in San Antonio and currently live in Oklahoma. Can't wait for more bone chilling stories. Creep it real, Alex. All right, we just watched that video, and um, there was somebody in that fucking hallway, y'all. Like there was something. <laughs> it did look like a man. It did look like a man, but it didn't look like a per like an actual person, an actual human being. No, it was just like a like a figure. Yeah, and it was quick, and it didn't like linger on the figure, so that's more believable to me than when it's like called a ghost but it's like always in the frame the whole mm-hmm. time and i'm like really mm-hmm. and you didn't see it but like we'll post it for y'all Whew. all right so she did send the video in another email and so i'm gonna read that email here's a spooky video i promised along with my theory that a ghost attached itself to an item i bought at a flea market Before I begin, when you watch the video, look in the hallway behind the dogs. It took me two times to actually see the figure, but once you see it, you'll never unsee it. That's so true because I was watching the dogs and Donna goes, oh my God, did you see it? And I was like, well, no, go back. (laughs) And then it was like, holy fuck, there it is. Oh, whoop, there it is. So here's my theory slash story. Growing up, I lived in quite a few different houses, seven to be exact, and never really experienced anything creepy. At one point, we lived in three different houses within the same neighborhood. My parents are crazy, but also financial wizards, so I trust them. Can they share their knowledge? For reals. So in that neighborhood, the second house we lived in was the one I will never forget. I was about 12 when we lived there, and one thing that always stood out to me was how dark the house was. It had dark carpet, and the house really didn't let in a whole lot of light, so I remember it always felt extra dark compared to the other houses we lived in, especially at nighttime. Well, there were a few odd things that occurred in that house. I'll start from the least scary and end with the more spooky one, and then explain my theory. All of these stories happened in that same house, by the way. One time, I didn't wake up early for church, so for punishment, I had to stay home and wasn't allowed to leave my room all day. We were always outside playing with the neighborhood kids, so the punishment seemed pure evil to my 12-year-old self. While my family was away at church, I decided I would start on homework that I had avoided all weekend. I left my room and walked down the stairs. I should mention that the stairs had always made me uneasy because at nighttime, if you stood at the top of the stairs— and the lights were off downstairs, it looked like the stairs led to the literal depths of hell because it was so dark. But this time, it was still morning, so I wasn't too scared and started down the steps. As I reached the bottom of the stairs, I remember looking at my backpack, which was hanging on the back of a chair in the dining room, and I noticed the strings that adjusted the straps were slightly swinging back and forth. I started to feel uneasy and quickly grabbed my homework folder and turned to go up the stairs. But as soon as my foot hit the first step, I heard a loud thud from under the stairs, 
which was enough to spook me, and I bolted up the stairs and into my room. Before I start the spookier story, I will mention I had a friend spend the night once and claimed she kept hearing scratching in the closet and made me wake my parents up, which was my worst nightmare because when I was super little, I was spanked once for constantly going into my parents' room at night instead of sleeping in my bed. Traumatic. And yes, I'm 21 and still have a fear of waking up people. So it wasn't just me that was hearing things. Spookier story. I remember this like it was yesterday. It was a Friday night and my parents were going out for a date night, leaving my sister, me, and my cousin Georgia home alone. My sister was in her room reading and my cousin and I were in my room just goofing around and talking. All the rooms, mine, my sister's, my parents, and a playroom were upstairs. Georgia and I decided we were hungry and wanted to go make some food, so we turned on the hallway light and walked to the top of the stairs. Well, like I previously mentioned, it was nighttime, which meant the stairs descended into a sea of pitch black darkness. That is, until you turn on the living room light, which is across from the last step. However, since we had each other, we weren't thinking about the fact that the stairs looked like a portal to hell and just focused on getting that extra cheesy goldfish that was in the kitchen. We were about halfway down the stairs when all of a sudden we both stopped because out of nowhere, there was a sound that made my skin crawl. It sounded like a dog's claws sliding on tile, but we didn't have a dog. My cousin and I looked at each other and sprinted back upstairs into my room as fast as possible. Meanwhile, my sister is just chilling in her room, no clue what's going on. As we sat there, catching our breath, trying to figure out what the hell we just heard, we hear creaks coming from the stairs. Like whatever had just made the scratchy noises on the downstairs tile decided to follow us up the stairs. And the worst part was that it didn't move quickly. It was like you could hear the weight shift on each step as it got closer and closer to the top. My cousin and I were prepared to be murdered and grabbed textbooks to throw at whatever loomed outside my door. After a few minutes of silence, we decided to go to my older sister's room and explain what happened. This was really dumb because, one, my sister avoided talking anything remotely spooky because it scared her. Two, I was her annoying little sister who was obsessed with the paranormal and threw cold water on her in the shower, so I'm sure she assumed I was messing with her. So we went back to my room and decided to take matters into our own hands because we wanted to be prepared if that thing came back. So I came up with the grand idea that we should get the bat my dad kept behind his nightstand to protect ourselves. Only problem with this idea was that in order to get to my parents' room, you had to walk down a long, dark hallway. And the light switch for the hallway was at the end where my parents' bedroom was. So we decided against that idea because neither of us was about to walk down that dark hallway. So we stayed in my room. We hadn't heard anything in a while and we sucked it up and decided to go downstairs and get some freaking goldfish. We walked out of my room, flipped on the switch, and started the journey down the stairs. Right as we got to the spot where we heard the scratching noises, my mom busted through the front door, immediately yelling my name. My cousin and I screamed so loud we thought we were about to be as dead as a doornail. After having the living daylight scared out of us, we ran up to my parents and told them that we kept hearing things. This is the part that kind of freaks me out. My mom said, why didn't you pick up the phone? 
My cousin and I looked at each other confused. I replied, the phone never rang? We had two landlines at this time, one downstairs and one upstairs, both with the loudest and most annoying ringtones you can possibly think of. My mom said, I called the house three times. We have never had a problem and it has never happened again. Needless to say, my cousin and I were pretty spooked that night. So my theory. Years go by and one night last year, my sophomore year of college, I was rethinking through all of the little incidents that occurred in that house. I occasionally watch paranormal documentaries and remembered hearing about how some entities will cling to people, places, or things. Then it hit me like a ton of bricks. When I was about 12, my mom took me with her to a flea market where I found a beautiful wooden turtle. I remember the lady explaining to me that the turtle was very old and came to America on a ship from Europe in the late 1800s. I was so intrigued and ended up purchasing that turtle and took it home with me. I kept the turtle on my nightstand until we decided to move again. And I can't remember if we gave it away or if it broke. My connection, the only house that had the spooky incidences was that dark house. Coincidentally, that was also the only house that had the wooden turtle. Ghost? Question mark? Who knows? But moral of the story, before buying or building a home, get some dang light switches in your house that don't require you to walk in the dark to get them. (laughs) I hope y'all enjoyed this story. I know it's not the scariest thing in the world, but I figured I'd share it anyway. I love y'all so much. Oh, also, if y'all want some more stories, I've had some recent experiences that are pretty weird, like hearing knocking while at work and motion sensors going off. I worked in a museum of natural history, so we had human remains. Just let me know. Creep it real, Alex. Uh, yeah, we want all the stories. Mm-hmm. The video was creepy as fuck. And so was that story, because I can put myself into 12-year-old uh-huh. Alex's shoes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, That's me going down Carrie's hallway. <laughs> Luckily, though, she does have a light switch on both ends. My house is so fucking dim in a couple of rooms. In all the rooms. No, mainly just... What room isn't dim? My front room. This room. This room is dim. I have a light on over here. (laughs) I have a light that has two lights on. (laughs) My front room. My hall. Your hall. My hall is bright as shit now. Now? Because I changed the bulbs. Okay, your bathroom. Uh Uh-huh. Bright? That bathroom is not bright. (laughs) My bathroom's bright. Okay, so you have your front room that has a window, and it's not super bright. Then you have your bathroom. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's not a majority of your house. (laughs) Like, it's dim as fuck. It is dim as fuck, and I don't know how to change it. All I know is don't buy a fucking wooden turtle. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Hey, ladies, I sure hope I'm doing this right, because I'm not so tech savvy. My story goes back 10 years, the year I lost my mother-in-law. She was a feisty, outspoken, to-the-point woman who took shit from no one, and we loved her for that. At the time of her death, she had six grandchildren. They were all very close to her and loved her very, very much. My youngest daughter took the loss of her grandmother extremely hard, as they all did. When Mima passed, that's what they called her, each grandchild received a beautiful locket with a bit of her ashes in each one. This way, they felt she would always be with them. My daughter wore her locket every day and never took it off, because if she did, she would not have a good day if she forgot to wear it. So she needed to have her Mima with her always. 
She also had an under-the-bed storage, which she kept other items from her meemaw, personal items, like the purple moo that she wore every evening before bed. This had meemaw's scent on it, which was comforting to my daughter. Okay, so now on to the strange part of the story. My daughter woke up one morning and the locket was gone. She could not find it anywhere. She searched her bed linens. She pulled everything out, looked everywhere in her room, and she could not find it. She was so very upset because, as I said previously, the locket gave her comfort, and if she didn't wear it, she always seemed to have a bad day. She was distraught, and for the next two weeks, she continued to try to look for the locket, but was unable to find it. About the second week after her locket was missing, I had a dream about my mother-in-law. In the dream, she kept telling me to look under the bed in the box. She was telling me that what I was looking for would be there. So when I woke up the next morning, I told my daughter that I had a dream that Meemaw said to look under the bed in the box. My daughter was confused. What box? She finally pulled out the storage container under her bed. She opened up the storage container and lo and behold, right on top of the infamous purple Moo was her locket laid out very nicely on top. Needless to say, she was thrilled to have her locket back. But how did it get there? We looked high and low, and even still, how would I have a dream that told me exactly where to look for the locket? A message from the other side? I think so. The moral of the story is, even in death, my mother-in-law still has to have the final say. And again, that's why we loved her so. Thank you for sharing my story. My daughter, I'm sure, will be very happy to hear the story that was told on a paranormal podcast because she is a creepster by heart. And continue to creep it real. Love you, ladies. Janine from Massachusetts. That's a really good idea to get lockets for all the grandkids with some of the ashes. Like, that's freaking genius. It really is. And, oh, my God, your mother-in-law sounds like my mom. Who also went by me, Mall. Yeah, and we kept a muumuu of hers. Well, not a muumuu. It was her red shirt and green pants. Yes, she wore them together. (laughs) She's Uh, very Christmassy. Year round. (laughs) Year round. They are still hanging up in the bathroom. They don't smell like her anymore, though, but they're still there. Glad she came through and told you where to find it, though. Yes. No, that was a really sweet story. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Yeah. Which is weird because the next one's titled My Sweet Grandma. Hey, ladies, I love your show, and I thought it was time I send in a story. It's about my grandma. She was like a second mom to my sister and I. She has always said that our family is very intuitive. I never personally have seen anything, but I do tend to get those gut feelings about situations, whether it be good or bad. Anyways, my family has always had a ton of drama. I have an aunt that separated herself. She lives in Georgia. My grandma lived in Kansas with the rest of her kids. They really took advantage of her and just mistreated her. After a lot of begging and coaxing, my sister and I convinced my grandma to move to Georgia to live with my aunt. Best decision she ever made. Fast forward two years. Around Christmas, my grandma started getting really ill. Her kidneys started failing, and it all just went downhill from there. She was hospitalized, and my aunt thought things weren't getting any better, and that I should come to Georgia so I could say my goodbyes. My sister was already living there. We go to the hospital and she's in a coma. The doctor had her on a ventilator and some other machines keeping her alive. They told us it wasn't looking good and we needed to make a decision. 
My aunt made the tough decision to let her go as that's what my grandma would have wanted. She wouldn't have wanted to be kept alive by a machine. Her only request was to keep her ventilator going. She had a fear of not being able to breathe. Back to the family drama, my aunt did not get along with her siblings. She did not want any of us to say anything to them just because of everything they put her through and my grandma through. We turned off all the machines except the ventilator. We all said our goodbyes, FaceTimed with family members so they could say goodbye also. The doctors told us that she would pass fairly quickly, but she didn't. Her pulse would continue to go way up and then drop up and down. Something in my gut just told me I needed to contact my cousin, a cousin whose parent was the one that my aunt didn't want to contact. I told my aunt I was sorry, but I had to call him and tell him. He wasn't blood-related to my grandma, but he had a very close relationship to her during his childhood. I called him and let him know what was going on, and I asked him if he wanted me to put him on speaker so he could say his goodbyes. He said no, just to let her know that he loved her and that he would always say what was needed in his prayers that night. As soon as I ended the call, she passed. She was waiting for him to know. Sorry this isn't a scary story, but it's just about intuition and gut feelings. I love y'all, and the show, it keeps me busy on my commute to and from work. I'm a medical assistant working for a dermatologist. I have quite a few stories I'll send in sometime from coworkers about our supposedly haunted building. Creep it real, Megan from Texas. Uh, Megan, Donna's going to need the number for your dermatologist <laughs> that you work for because she needs to send all her 400-page medical record to figure out what the fuck's going on with her skin. Okay, thanks. She's not exaggerating. Like, at all. <laughs> also, I'm sorry, Megan from Texas. Oh, how could you have messed that up? I know. <laughs> Ruined the opportunity. <laughs> I loved that story. Yes. That's the thing about the sinister sightings is that it's not always spooky. Like it's like you said, that's that intuition that just being I don't know. I that I just loved it. Yeah. No, and that's that's just as real as seeing an apparition and stuff, like feeling that and knowing, no, he needs to know. Because she's waiting. Yeah. She's waiting for that. Mm -hmm. Like she's holding on just for that. Yeah. Thank y'all for sending all these stories in. They were so amazing. And I loved the family thread throughout the whole yeah. thing. So keep them coming. Send them in to aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember. Creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.